lasers that are lying on in the, in the, after C.J. McCullum got moved on. Anyway, this is um, this is seems to be sports podcast territory. Right, we're, 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 we're talking about Muzak. This is the Muzak. Interesting choice. Uh, this is the uh, Tripping Bulls. Uh, I think normally uh, we have uh, myself and uh, Dr. Yoba and Bezo talking new music, but this week we have no Bezo and we have no new music. We are instead enlisting the help of our uh, regular uh, emergency host, Adam H. Photo, to um, defend the indefensible. We're, we're basically, the, the conceit for this, this episode is that uh, each of us have picked an album. Um, you might call it a guilty pleasure. You might call it a problematic fave. You might just call it an album that you feel is unfairly clowned, derided, despised, or decried, and uh, you really feel like it, it needs to. Be. You are basically you're the, you're the legal aid. You're the public yeah. defender. And look, I, you're I, trying to stop I'm, stop the album from being sent to the. And chair. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm doing this personally as rebuttal for Bezo because he has yes. clowned the album of this quite a lot over the years, um, as he has done with quite a lot of my music, and I'm okay with that. I'm not your music. At all. You didn't write this album. I didn't know. Well, you know, my music of choice, and we know all know. Your music of choice. It proves that all my music taste didn't stop in 1995. It actually stopped in 1999. So yeah. Well, well, th- then also the the reason uh, I also think this album is a, is an unmitigated piece of shit. But the reason I don't like it is that it's because it's so disappointing. It was one of the, the two most disappointing albums of, of that year that, that popped out. Um, because I had such high hopes for it. I think we should probably stop talking around the album and actually talk about what the album actually is. What album did you pick as your uh, as your um, defending the invincible or whatever we're calling this bit? Uh, normally, we Principal Skinner would say no, it's the kids are wrong, but I think the kids, for once, are actually right. It's Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And look, I'm not going to say that this is their best album, but I don't enjoy it less than I enjoy Blood Sugar Sex Magic or One Hot Minute for that matter which I really like as well um, you know everybody I, I think this album suffers from Legacy Act Syndrome even though they probably weren't a Legacy Act at this stage there were you know oh, I think they might well well maybe that, that that maybe is the concept I think they just changed the sound and it's I find it a really strong album it, it, it ticks all of the, the Chili Pepper boxes you know it starts really well and around the world kind of jumps out and grabs you and it's got a good beat and there's good songs and the the big songs on this are very big but they're pop they're pop songs and i think that's what gets a lot of people offside about this is that these guys are um you know, no be longer an be interesting radio. experimental funk band and are now just doing adult oriented FM radio music, no, which is, the, which is the, the, that's what they are. I mean, and, and this was a period in which people used to listen to the radio a lot more. This entire album was full of tracks that, that stuff that ended up on Triple M and, and oh. um, whatever your Austereo equivalent is. It was inescapable. I barely didn't even need to listen back to this album yeah. because I, I, I could basically do all the apart from the, towards the basically the back, the back half of the album. Terrible. There's a lot. There's a lot more terrible. stuff that that felt like yeah, crap. Um, stuff that yeah, worse versions of the same idea. It's a Fifteen track album that should be nine. Maybe I could hang, I could quite cut off maybe you know, Road Trippin's okay um, as, a, as a sort of last song on the album, but the, you know everything from I like you know, Emmett Ramis and even Porcelain I guess could probably disappear and I wouldn't blink an eyelid. But I mean, let's face it, that's seventy percent of the albums out there, and even the great albums tend to drift off a little bit sometimes. Um, 
there's just so many. Yeah, but not not the um, not the great Chili Pepper album. Well, that's no, kind I, of the I, reason I, 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 don't, I don't like this album. I, I think Blood Sugar Sex Magic gets as boring as fuck towards the end because it kind of just relitigates the same crap. With you know, there are there are songs towards. The and end. this isn't relitigating the same crap, but in a much more diluted way. No, I mean, no, that's it the is. The problem I have with this album is that it's it's a washed out version of what they used to be good at. But I, well, no, I, I still think it's just different. It's not you know the, the the lyrics are still just as weird as what they were in the first one. I think it's just because when they did this, when they did Blood Sugar Sex Magic, it was different, and it, and they made a very yeah. And in one hot minute, kind of straddles these two albums. Um, interesting. It certainly feels like a, a transitional yeah. point because they are they are softening their sound, and they are. And there was other stuff um, like in the meantime of these two albums, like you had you know Roller Coaster of Love, which is a you know. Sort of, I mean, the movie soundtrack stuff. So even stuff like Soul to Squeeze was off. A, you know, only appears on the Coneheads soundtrack. I think it wasn't until like only a couple of years ago it actually yeah. appeared on an album. Um, but that's again a very straight up and down kind of. It's still a Chili Peppers song, but it's just a very. It, it's a semi ballad, and, and then there's a lot of kind of semi ballads on this album. I guess that's that, that's probably there's a lot of, of um, well, if you, if, you, if you want to put Chili Peppers songs into various bins and say. It's this kind of song. There's a lot of under the bridge style, uh, um, sad minor chord, um, ballady kind of stuff. Soul to Squeeze is another example of that. Yeah, as well. I mean scar tissue. Uh, I, I sort of think that, that those. Yeah, there's a lot of scar tissue, Californication. Friend, there's a lot of a lot of that yeah, in this my album. Friend there's a lot of other it. side. There's a the lot of of kind of coming down off of a large drug band. What I appreciate about the album really is very sad that kind I, of stuff. I find myself singing along to this album a lot. And I play a lot of this album as well, obviously, because it's popular. You know, I, I can, you know, even as a bloody piano player who struggles getting venues to believe that piano players can be as cool as guitar players, because there's no guitar players out there in the world. I mean, anyway, that's my thing today. But you know, when I play the first four notes of Californication, the entire venue will turn around and take and will will a know it and b sing along with it and dance to it. It's one of those kinds of songs that it's it's instantly recognisable for its for its radio popularity, I guess. But it's still a good sing along song. You have no idea what's going. on. The lyrics are fucking ridiculous. Like stupid, like all Chili Peppers lyrics are ridiculous. Like and they have been forever and ever. Amen. But but there's still enough in this album, I reckon, that you know. Um, that kind of brings me back and still goes, you know, around the world, still got a, a head bopping kind of funk beat to it. Um, get on top is kind heavily of used by Sports Tonight as our, you know, montage oh, outro, especially that that loud bit at the start. You know, um, yeah. parallel, you know, parallel universe has kind of got that nice runny sort of, you know, it, it's got keeps the, the tempo up. It does go up and down a lot. This album, but I don't mind it. It, it, it feels like a, a sing-along album, kind of. You know, I'm driving in a car. This is the this is a good album to to sort of listen to. I find it an easier. I mean, as I said, get rid of the last five tracks. I'm not saying this is the best album of the universe, but I just don't think it's the dog shit end of the world thing that everybody thinks it is. That's that definitely happens. Like it's not it's not far away. It's stadium Arcadium oh, was dog that's, shit. That's probably. Get like yeah, I mean, but you but can, there are but a couple this of songs is, on stadium. It's a like continuum. That. This is yeah. this is on the way to that, yes. and that's why I 
I will, you know, I, I can't agree with it. This album needs to be defended. Just being okay isn't. No, I mean, I don't, we've, I don't think it's the, the okay. long-standing point of this podcast is that it's much worse to be than, than to, to be mediocre than to be ambitious and fuck up. But I don't think it's mediocre and this is, at all. This is a Good this song. is not an ambitious album. Ah, oh, but it's 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 ambitious for them, I think, at, at the time because they they would have known that you know, they they opened up a whole new audience. I mean, this is the same argument saying that Black is the worst Metallica album because it was them selling out when in fact it's probably some of their best writing because it's sort of access to a di- completely different audience and turn them into from a, a good metal band of the past 10 years to a band of the last 30 that's still going out and selling out stadiums. And yet, even though they're, they're actual themselves are problematic and they're completely washed and can't do anything new, that's fine. Well, we did we, we did say this was the problematic phase. So the problematic part does also in, in, involve the band <laughs> who, the, who are – Oh. Rancid sex pests who who I don't understand haven't why they haven't been me too to into oblivion uh, but, but it's for some reason rock music seems to get away with this stuff and, and, uh, and, you know and, 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 whether it's Jerry Lee and, and Lewis or Chuck it, Berry or Jimmy even, Page yeah, yeah. yeah no, but I mean yeah and yeah you're right you look at the next two and look there are songs off the next two albums that I quite like I played a lot of them I used to open and open yeah. the second set with by the way every weekend every night quite like the song Stadium Arcadium. Down in California, snow is okay, but yes, but there are fourteen. <laughs> there's actually, there's actually, there's fourteen tracks on Stadium Arcadium. There's eighteen on. By the way, they don't need to be there. There, oh yeah, and there's fifteen tracks on Californication. It could quite happily be ten, but I kind of think the same of Blood Sugar as well. Is it's it's a great, you know, there's it's a seventeen. Are there seventeen, 17 tracks on that? And I reckon. The, of the last, everyone loves the Psycho Sexy. I don't really, it's not one of my favourites. The Greeting Song's good, um, but it's such a good start. That's the that's the whole thing about, you know, the first 10, 11, you know, Under the Bridge is track 11, and it's pretty good right down to there. So that's why that's, it is consistently good. But, you know, the last five tracks are shit. Um, as, as I said, as a lot of albums tend to be, but... Um, yeah, I, I just like it. I just I think it's it's it, it cops a lot of flack because it's not it's not the album's fault. It, it got popular. I think it's because the writing made it get popular and attracted a newer audience that perhaps kind of everybody who sort of thought you know they had a sound went that's not their sound and maybe it's the way to a bad sound. But I still think it's yeah, it's an album I enjoy. I enjoy. I sing it at the top of my lungs every time I hear it. I get paid money to sing it at the top of my lungs a lot too because it's popular and yeah I, I don't think it's the yeah if, if you had said to me that yeah the albums after this are the are the ones where it sort of starts going wrong definitely i think there's a, enough good stuff in this one to kind of say this is them at the pinnacle of that sort of style and then it drops us off the cliff straight afterwards but all i remember is that is that this was the album where Frischiani was going to come back and, and fix the the dreary mediocrity of of, of one one hot minute, and it, they just plunged even deeper into it. Yeah, one hot minute. I said, oh, I mean, I, I've been on this podcast before. Saying, oh no, oh, we, when like- you were on the episode where we where we did this, and I think you yeah. prefer one hot minute to. Uh, I mean, you know, one hot minute's okay. It, it's decent, it's different, it's not- but it's different, and it's kind of a bit of a hard listen in some places. I think like there are, it's a weird like, and it has the worst album opening of all time, um, and there's some hot contenders for that so it's i mean they're they're a weird band they are a weird band this is this is a took a lot of drugs this is a band that you know made a feature of turning up to their gigs completely naked 
apart from a sock. And I don't know how I feel. Drugs. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like, I don't really want to see them naked while they're playing this music. I just don't. Not now because they're really, really, really old. Yeah. Like, really old. Yeah, I just, I just don't know how much. They've I, been out in the sun far too much. Back yeah, then, I remember seeing footage from the big day out, just going, oh, yeah, yeah, no, not. And that, not that actually leans into the next album a lot because I will happily admit that the optics of this band form a lot of my opinion of what we're about to talk about. Yeah, so so the the one I put forward is um, an album that I'm I thought I thought at some stage we must have done it as a classic album, but we haven't, and that is uh, the the Sex Pistols one and only studio album. Never mind the bollocks is the Sex Pistols. Now the thing with the Sex Pistols is that it's really hard to separate the band the Sex Pistols and the album never mind the bollocks from all of that fucking punk shit mm. all of that fucking 1977 Britain you know the Queen's Jubilee uh, Silver Jubilee you know, you know everyone's lost their jobs the punks in the street and, you know it's all, all that kind of stuff and and the whole fucking narrative around punk rock. I, I'm going to quite openly say... I'm, it's hard yeah. to sort of say, like, like, you know, Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten and all that kind of people, you know, getting banned off television and swearing, all that sort of stuff. It's like, this is just... What about the fucking album itself? Mm, and I look, and I'm going to say to you, I, I am completely to say I've never listened to this album at all. I've heard the singles every now and then, and I kind of... Yeah. But I thought, no, I'm going to sit down and listen to it because just because, and this is you know the superficiality of what it is. You know, looking at them, just going, I, they just repulsed me so much that I could, just could never disassociate that from the thing. Um, here's the thing: this is a, this is a really well recorded album. Like it's like production-wise, it's nothing like what I expected. And I've seen a lot of live footage of them where obviously it's very, very loose. Like, very, it's very a, It's loose. a deliberate, disgusting shambles. The, and, and often, did they use the what the shows at the end when they were all coming apart. Yeah. Um, this is not... And to be fair, this is a band that... This is the this is the, the best Pistols... This is before Sid Vicious. This was basically where the, the band were being driven by... Um, Steve uh, um, Steve Jones and, and Glenn Matlock they basically wrote most of the songs the guitarist and the bass player Matlock was the one who got who got shipped out by the see the problem the problem with this band is that it's hard to dissociate from the fact that they were you know in that kind of punk era they're never really given a lot of credit they're kind of seen as almost like a Backstreet Boys a, a, a manufactured band and the real bands were you know people like The Clash and, and you know like that that was that was legitimate punk rock and this, this was I was awesome. very surprised to, to listen to this like you know, and go oh, that's a really well recorded album like you know you listen to a Led Zeppelin album and the drums sound like cardboard boxes and the guitars sound like they've been run through a washing machine mm. this sounds really good the playing's really really good his voice suits a lot of it and, and it's the first time I reckon I've actually sit and, and listen to the lyrics of a lot of it and it's heavy shit like it's you know you can really yeah. feel like the, the what was going on because i mean yeah it, it's it's funny for us to say that you know as privileged white middle class people to sort of talk about england and you would think in a similar privileged white middle class thing but it wasn't at all like there, there's a real underclass that that created in england and this is it was a, it was a grim fucking place yeah, in 1970 it's really kind of the most accurate reflection i've probably heard of it in a, in a long time just the so the, the good songs on this are really really good like the the single like god save the queen and you know all the ones you've heard 
before yeah, you know, sort of some um, anarchy. Pretty vacant. Pretty I actually vacant. think pretty vacant is 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 that kind of pantheon of perfect rock and roll pop songs like uh, like a um, like a jumping jack flash. Yeah, and, that, and, and I'm, I'm literally just going to say to you when I hear pretty vacant, I can kind of see someone stomping around the stage like your Peter Garrett or your mm. um, you know like or your your Mick Jagger. Like that's the kind of um, attraction there is to that kind of lyric and that yeah. statement and the way you know and it's and it's it's such it's dripping with the irony obviously because it's not pretty they're always ugly as fuck yes uh, and deliberately so we're, we're pretty we're pretty vacant yes, that's right and we don't care but the rest of the album is kind of because you know, everything is bullshit and and it's fucking you know it, mm. there's no point to anything so let's just be nihilist it's not the kind of album that I would go back and go I'm going to listen to that for an enjoyment but I certainly have a lot more respect for it than probably what I would have ever had just on the superficial value I would have ever had before it um, mostly because and and you can then and now I've actually listened to it and gone and listened to the structure of it and how they you know, even the chords they use and the riffs they use it's not one four five at all like you know it's not a it's not blues it's not this. but but there's a lot of I mean there was that that line from that Tism song about you know Paul McCartney yes. once sent the Sex Pistols to another band playing Chuck Berry you can feel it in there you can, in Steve Jones is playing in, in like Holidays in the yeah. Sun and Pretty Vacant you can hear that that, that real kind of Chuck Berry duck oh, walk it's there but the interesting and, thing and it, it kind of what I kind of because I, I remember sort of getting about halfway through it and thinking, are they kind of just are they kind of just doing the same thing slightly differently over and over again? And I thought, <laughs> yes, and I thought, yes, they are. A punk rock yeah, band. And I thought, yes, they are. But that's kind of that's what, I, that's what I kind of liked about. And in you know, the context and, of where, where music was at the time, I mean, this was the this was the era of you know bloated prog rock and, yeah. and the end of Led Zeppelin and the end of those big bands of, of the seventies. Uh, and you know it was all you know excess and and wambling about, and you can see how this would have been like a a hot knife sort of cutting through the lard mm. that that music was because it was very stripped back, and it was you know yeah they're, they're playing you know Chuck Berry riffs and and shouting about how fucked the world was, but that's kind of you know it, music kind of felt like it needed that kind of hard reset. To, to sort of get away, you know, get away from all the ridiculous excess of, of the late of the late. It 70s. surprises me in a very sanitized way. If you had asked me of, like as I said, my experience of anything resembling this style of music and this, this structure, I would have picked the most sanitized version of it in the world, which would have been Dookie by Green Day. And as soon as I listen to this, I can hear it. I'm just like, holy yep. shit! This is like um, almost a carbon copy of it. It's the consistent sound, the consistent beat. You know, it's not complicated, but it's a, and there's a couple of songs on there where it really, really works because everybody likes Dookie, well, well, that, that- but there's four songs on there that that are better than the others. But the others are kind of similar enough that you just listen to it yeah. as a homogenous sort of thing. I mean, I've always said that my my ideal gig that I would love to do just locally for the fuck the sake of it is to get three of us together and play Dookie one through the twelve because I just enjoy the whole album. I think this is the yeah. same kind of thing. Is it's it's the same thing over and over again. The difference with this album is that there's actual the lyrics mean something as well, whereas Duke is obviously just a bunch of random yeah, shit. For a for a synthetic band, for a band that you know mm. allegedly just there for the for the for the image, um, they get some pretty serious points mm. across. No, I was um, I, I, look, I'm I think I said to you straight as soon as you mentioned the album, I'm like. 
great. I fucking hate this stuff. Well, that's it's kind of what we were yeah. hoping for. Was that you know you know that I, well, yeah. I that's not you know not my favorite uh, Chili Peppers album. Uh, although my least favorite Chili Peppers album will probably the next re- one. be released this year. Can't <laughs> wait. Right. Can't fucking wait. Look, the, the last album. Buddy, buddy it, it's for the hashtag content. We have to do the it. Last album to do opened, it. I have to make sure Bezos. The has last to do album it. opened with Flea playing the piano, and as a piano player, I am horrified. Um, he is he is an absolute penis. Uh, it's just like I, I, I mean, and the, and the and the and the Grammy for adult best adult contemporary release goes too, but it's not even good yeah. adult contemporary. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't no. know what it is anymore. Like, it, and it really it is just homogenized into. They're just who are who are they who are they doing this for? Yeah, I, I, they're, I mean, they're doing it to tour for themselves. It's, really, it's it's, it's another it's one of these bands waking up the back. The only the only band that has managed to kind of put out new stuff to justify touring the old stuff, but still actually do something interesting, not interesting, but sort of relevant with their, is ACDC when they were still going. Like you could probably, they, they didn't need to release the last four albums, but it was kind of just a coincidence. Mm. The last one was actually okay. Like, I mean, it wasn't no, groundbreaking or anything. I think it was like my that. album of yeah, the year sure. because it was like, and that a lot of that was a nostalgia yeah, pick, but it was still, just so, it's still good. it was because, because of the way that the album, the album has no right to exist. The band had already broken up and everyone had, you know, the, the guy who wrote most of the songs was dead, you know. But what I don't understand so was, about all these bands is why they they need to create, and I, I guess they're artists they want to create, but if you're just touring on, you know, nostalgia, then why not lean all the way into it? Why release a whole bunch of stuff that's not as good as anything you're going to play? And you know, I mean, that takes a massive amount of self awareness. I realise that, but yeah, and maybe I think it's about that's a that's a good question. I mean, why does why do legacy bands even bother? And, 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 I guess right, they, right they the still have things to say. Right from the top of the tree, right down to the bottom. You know, the fucking choir boys who haven't had a decent song in. And look, and they may have had a decent song. You know, <laughs> they, they had two, at least two. Right. But the, why are they, they, why had, have they got another albums? I mean, look, they're artists and all power to them to create stuff. But they don't need to create an album to go out on the road again. There's enough people that want to hear Run to Paradise and Boys Will Be Boys. Huh? Deep cut. Um, that I think that was the song, wasn't it? Yeah. They don't have a choice. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, there's enough. It must. It must be hard to kind of, I guess, put the cue in that's, the rack. It's very in hindsight. That's it's. It's you know justifying the patriarchy. Really, it's put, it? it's, it's putting the cue in the rack and just going. You know what? We're just you know, and, and then leaning into because everybody knows what they're doing. You're not. You're not going to. In the same way that you know, Metallica haven't been out here in a while. But the last time I went out here, they played two songs off there at the time. Okay new album it was death magnetic it had a couple but the what the single was one of them it was the worst track on the album um you know i wasn't there you know they played two songs opened with- was that the one we reviewed is that the one that, that was like two and a half albums long no no it wasn't i think that was no that was hardwired yes for, that, that, yeah, hard, yeah yeah that was too that was pretty bad hardwired for and self-destruction you, or whatever it yeah, was yeah that was bad um, I mean, it's all been- oh, it was all right. There was, oh. there, but it just went for months. Yeah, like it, it was like it was like the ultimate, ver- the ultimate example of of the the problem that we've been talking about with the Chili Peppers is that they just are doing a more mediocre version of what they used to do that was really cool, and they're doing too much of it. Yes. Like there's far too much of it, and it's just you know, they're trying to make make up for for quality with with quantity. I, you know, like, that's not that's not they, a way. They could do it do here every year and play their back catalogue, and I would pay every time. Probably multiple times because they have enough songs that they can do that. I mean, that's not you know where, but no one's going to see, you know, Ian Moss tours around, you know, and and, and then plays his stuff from his new album. No, nobody cares. Everyone just wants to hear Tucker's fucking well, they daughter. Want all flame trees or you know something like that. Oh, dude, 
doing uh, yeah. yeah he does still does all of, you know, Saturday night or um, yeah, something whatever he used to sing um, he's hard work to watch anyway because he's a cranky man but um, it's just I, I mean I can understand it I think maybe because I, I, I get frustrated because I'm not a music creator. I've never been a writer. I've never been, I've been an arranger. Like if you give me a sound and you know, say make this work. For the the line arranger. I'll, I'll make it work, but I've never created anything original, I guess. Oh, I don't know. You used to produce a bit of road tracker styles. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Think, I actually, believe it or not, saw the discs on an Amiga site the other day and I went, oh, mm. I just I might download those maybe and just you know see what can see what I can do forty years later or you know thirty years later Ooh. or whatever like that. It's not forty years later. Don't do that to yourself. Like forty years, but anyway, it's like a lot. Oh fuck it! When I get out of bed in the morning, it feels like forty. I had years. to tell people that when I turned forty, it wasn't it wasn't the age wasn't what told me I was old. It was my knees. But uh, yep. too old, washed man. Not built for grandpa. this shit not grandpa yet but we're not far away we're, cl- we're closer to grandpa than we are to primary oh, I, I think thought. I'm fine I think I'm safe with that I don't think we're going to have too many problems with that you never know you never know I, I, I didn't think I'd be troubling this chorus either but this, things just work out in a weird way but yeah look I mean I, I'm, I'm actually really glad that that's a really good pick because I'm amazingly surprised at how completely different yet the same I thought you know it, it sounded yeah. better than what I it's thought beca- it was it's because of all that narrative we carry around yeah. all that kind of cultural baggage and, and it's the same thing when I when I got this album I think I originally got it as like a in a second hand store mm-hmm. for like you know 10 bucks or something and I thought I might try this I mean because I, I heard that the Sex Pistols you know, all the fucking stories about them all mm-hmm. sort of stuff that was something Probably to be concerned by. And I listened to it and went, I really like this fucking album. Yeah. You know, it, it because I, by that stage it would it would have been the would have been, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. And, and I was quite big into 90s punk, you know, yeah. Green Day and The Offspring and, right. and you know, yeah, Friends of Rom were yeah. a band that I, I really liked. And I started sort of looking into, okay, what were the, you know, the bands that influenced them? And that's the kind of what led me to it. I was like, this is exactly the sound I like. Um, yeah, Chuck Berry being played really loudly yeah. by a bunch of obnoxious waggers. Which is really my thing, but I suppose the one the one reason I like and, and it is a little a little soft spot of, the, of this podcast is that we love uh, because it happens so rarely. We love a legacy band who release something really cool, mm. really late in their in in their life. It's such a rare. There's something thing that's really cool about that that they're still capable of creating something worthwhile and interesting. And maybe that's just because we're getting on in age and we want to think that we can still create. We can still still have something useful to say late in our careers, late in our lives. But, um, but th- for every every you know, like like the last two Prodigy albums yeah. were bloody tremendous. Uh, but there's plenty of examples of where it absolutely isn't the case. No, and, 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 and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a perfect example. And of Metallica that. Are roaring up behind them, like it's just mm. yeah, like it is. I I, 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 it's always one of those things that I kind of wonder about bands who. Who who write that that big song early on in their career? I mean, all everybody has to write a big song early in their career because otherwise they wouldn't get noticed, I guess. But I mean, then they chase that chase that song for forever and ever, amen. You know what I mean? Like it's they spend the rest of their career. Well, they they just they just keep doing photocopies of the same thing, but you know the maybe, the tone. Maybe that's why the, I kind the of like, gets more and more. Worn maybe out. that's part of why I sort of rail against the, the the Chili Peppers being like, you know, these guys found a way of of Turning 
you know, one of the biggest albums. And I mean, there was some competition around that time for big albums. I think um, there's a meme going around that's like, these albums released within three weeks of each other in 1993 or something like that. It's like 10 and Blood Sugar Sex Magic and, you know, never, 91. 90, yeah, 91. Yeah, yeah, Nirvana. Yeah, Nevermind yeah, um, and, never mind was there. Yeah, like, and these well. are, so they, 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 they created something that stood out in amongst all that. And then they created something that stood out, you know, 10 years later, or you know, nearly 10 years later, they created something that stood out for a completely different audience. And See, I, I don't think that's, I think that's true. I think what they did was they, let's, it was a very, very deliberate decision to do a, a, a diluted version of their previous sound and pitch it very corporately at a at a, at a large yeah, market. Well, I that's I that's think, kind of why, what I, I feel. I don't think it's diluted though. I think it's really quite a, quite a successful because they, you know, as I said, it, it, it depends on how it's much. It's creatively like, diluted. Yeah, I think because it, well, it doesn't. It, yeah. it takes a lot of the the like. Basically, there's not enough fucking funk bangers on this album, and that's what I really yeah, hate. There's but, too many fucking great, minor key mumblings about. Some fantastic pop songs on there. And I, you know, I've always said to you, pop is an underrated art form. And you might, and you know, if you, it's an underrated album. If you don't, I, I if actually, you don't like pop, it. Might be my favorite U two album. <laughs> yeah, I really, actually, I really fucking hate pop as a U two album. But you know, that's really? that's, I like their old stuff better. Yeah. Oh yeah, I found it. Yeah, I, I always find because we, we Bezo and I did the the going back through all the U two albums because we we're trying to figure out if, if Actung Baby is their best album. Which, Pretty close, I reckon. I mean, yeah. probably. Yeah, probably. I mean. The, the, the you could you know the I mean, rattle and hum. Joshua Tree, but it's a bit kind of oh. you know it's a bit kind of moany and obvious. Yeah, oh well, it wasn't um, the time. Though, but but, but what, what and, but what we ended up finding is that we ended up making the same point with different albums. Bezo decided that his his favorite U two album was Zeropa, and mine was uh, was Pop because it was like it was the last time they tried anything because ever since then oh, they've been doing did. that kind yeah, of that that that. that Pretty much what we were talking about with with Red Hot Chili Peppers, just going back to what worked previously, but doing a more, just making more of that. But the, and you two are much more, you know, you know, in two thousand and one, you know, in two in the two thousands, you two were extremely guilty of that. Yeah, they but, were but just all doing. All you can't leave behind is their Californication. I just don't think it's a bad album. It's a Brian Eno special, you know, like it's a. It's got some really good pop I mean, songs. The point on is, it. it's not it's not bad. You know, it, it's not objectively bad. It's like these songs are not badly written. They're not badly created. It's to a different but audience. they're not. Yeah. They're absolutely nothing into in, crea- creatively. It's nothing compared to what they used to be doing. You say a band that, that did all the different shit that you two did between fucking boy and war through to pop, all of that, and then they just say, no, let's just play this little narrow range of of fucking. Uh, adult-oriented, middle-of-the-road fucking gibberish. That's what, that's pretty much, you know, what they ended up doing. And, I, you know, I would argue that the Chili Peppers have done that as well. My, in the my last, wife um, still has, undoubtedly has, has the U2 album permanently on her iPhone. It's still there. Oh. Never, and it comes up sometimes when you put it, you, know, you turn on the car and it just starts playing randomly. Put it on a shuffle. It comes on and I'm just like, oh, that fucking U2. Like, whoever thought of that? Like, just think they thought that was a good idea. Well, they thought people would have been happy to see it. A free it. U2 album straight on your iPhone. You can, you can Take your free like, album and fuck it's off. Like, it's not very good like if it was good or different well, that's why it was free uh, I, I <laughs> you get what you pay for i was reminded of a wonderful uh, well. nerd music trivia the other day where I, I heard a song come across my very washed spotify playlist but the uh the two songs uh, when windows 95 was released it was on a shoddy cd rom and that was all very new and streaming media off cds and you could stream video off cds which you know led on to all those games like seventh guest and all that sort of stuff which i replayed recently and it was really good um still in that weird kind of way 
Um, do you know what the two songs that were on the Windows 95 CD that you could stream video off were? Any, any, even a remote idea of what they were, would be? Oh, I have it in my head that Start Me Up was used. No, that, that was, Windows I think that was for Windows 98. They used that because it's the one that crashed. I think they might have used <laughs> Start that. Start Me Up was, it was too recent yeah, for 95. Yeah, no, I think it was, no, the two songs that you could stream off the Windows 95 CD, the first one was Buddy Holly by Weezer, which, you know, is kind of weird. Which, which had been released in the in the previous mm-hmm. year. And the other I one think. was uh, a song by Edie Brickell called Good Times, which was the very deep cut off the album that released um, What I Am. You know, I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know. It was the very underrated second single. Um, <laughs> and that's the last you've ever heard of what, that. But what led Microsoft to do that? I don't know. It's just a very odd... Why Weezer? Well, Weezer is the, the, the I reckon, is the, the popular Particularly choice. Weezer long before they were corporate sellouts, before they were doing, like, the Van Weezer-style tours. Oh, well, what, what the hell are they? I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about They, they seem to be just having fun. In the, and, and part of me part of me says, look, uh, Weezer haven't done anything that I've been interested in hearing for an extremely long time, but they are clearly having fun. Yeah, so, I hope so. Because it's, I don't yeah, know. I hope so. I mean, they are absolutely taking a tomahawk shit on their own legacy. <laughs> that's right. right. But people are still turning up to see them live, so I guess that's good, maybe. So well, you know what you know what I was amazed to see because um I happened to be um I grabbed my eldest's phone for something and he had his Spotify open. And um I was just being a bit of a nosy dad, I've never looked yeah. at what he was listening to. Yeah. And he had these playlists and a whole lot of random shit and anime music and all the rest of it. And then in one of the playlists here is the entirety of Weezer Pinkerton. Oh, right. And I thought, kids might be all right. Yes. I mean, it's probably... Pinkerton's, Pinkerton is the most angsty, emo-y of, uh, of Weezer's albums, but... Was that that one, or... Sorry? That sweater song, is that where that came from, or... No, that's the album after that. It was a sort of more darker... Oh, yeah, and, and that's, more, that's the old Scorcho emo. album, Pinkerton, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, that, this was a, that was a music episode. Yeah. Um, what new albums are you doing next week? I didn't listen to the bottom. Next week we are doing, uh, speaking of Legacy Acts, we are doing the solo album by Mr. Edward Vedder. Oh, of wow. Washington. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and we're also doing uh, the new album by Spoon, which uh, Lucifer on the Sofa. And uh, I've picked the new album by Kiwi band Mild Orange. And uh, not to tip the hat of what it's a sound, but it is—it's a very adult, contemporary kind of sound. Um, so I quite—I quite appreciated getting to listen to. Um, never mind the bollocks yeah. in this little little <laughs> period off, just to break up all the all the incredible. You know, it's, it's all—it's all. You know, I'm no spoilers. It's all incredibly pleasant stuff. It's just not. Um, There's no refuge. You know, you, you feel like you, can, you 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 feel like you got to put some you know, pants on to what listen to it. <laughs> It's, it's, it's very, it's, you know, there's sort of a dress code. I, I, I've to be never thought to about stuff. it like that, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Going to sit around in board shorts and jandals. Jandals. Bongs. Bastard. What have I Bastard, that's right. Yeah. Um, did we record an outro for the music podcast? I don't think so. Should we? All right. Uh, anyway, all those albums will be uh, will be on next week with Bezo. But uh, until then, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Adam, for your, uh, joining us this week on Tripping Balls. The pleasure is all mine. And, and yours too. Sure. And music play out now. Da, 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 da. Can't stop the rhythm. That's a beat. Oh, no, that's not. No. no probably. Not. <laughs>